Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. And that means if you need to go to cry help, you need to go to cry help, motherfucker. Do you need to go to Charlie Street? You need to go to Charlie Street for sure. <laughs> don't mean you need to always come to Aloe. That's the great thing about the folks at Aloe. This is Bob. That's Chuck. And hey. boy, we haven't been together in a room. There's been two fires that have separated us. Yeah. I, I told Mike, if he's fired in, why don't we just have him call in? And Mike's like, you know, Mike, like, oh, no, no, no. We can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. why couldn't you just call from your house? <laughs> We you know, couldn't get a fire report. Like, how's it going down there? No kidding. No, that that makes sense. That'll be a, sometimes that's even a good option, just because. For you, for you out there that listen to "Don't Die" in other parts of the United States, not just LA, you got to understand. Everybody's always feared Los Angeles because of the earthquakes. It's really the fires you need to fucking think about. Because I live in a fire zone. You can't have certain trees up in here. You know that? No. And I, I have one. You know that Christmas tree looking thing right out the front door here? It's illegal up here. And my landlord came by to tell me, Bob, you can't plant that. You can't plant that tree. I said, I won't. I'll just keep it in the plastic. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> like, so you're but, adding flammability to your home? Yeah. The <laughs> fires right. have been crazy around here. And Chuck lives on the south side of the fires and i live on the north side of the fires and there was no way for us to get together so finally we are here the fires have been defeated right absolutely well and here they are up north i guess they're still going on i don't know i've been yeah, out of the people news died up north that's yeah. crazy no it's like it the worst ever has been said about a lot of things in the last couple of weeks the worst ever this is like the most deadly Fires. fires yeah well and and there's been so much vegas happened mm -hmm. vegas came and went did you notice that oh i was sure. i've been talking to a psychiatrist out in las vegas it's an old acquaintance of mine and she says it, it's just so devastating for the for the victims the media was there they're paying attention and all of a sudden it's like it never happened and she she's been debriefing with her staff about it which is, why was there all this attention, and then now it's just gone like it never happened? And I wrote her a, a text back. Let me just read it to you. Um, this exchange, I won't say who it is, but anyways, she's a great therapist. And um, she was saying, it's just so weird what's gone on. It was all, it was the America's attention, and everybody's Vegas strong and whatever, and then in three days it was gone. And Harvey Weinstein mm -hmm. was fucking Angelina Jolie or something. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it, I wrote, it's just unthinkable how and how sickening our culture is that it's already been almost forgotten by the rest of the country. I'm so sorry for the Las Vegas community and, how, and for how quickly it's all out of the headlines. My thought is it's so sad, meaningless, stupid, and hideous. People don't want to think about it and they just sweep it under the rug. Hang tough out there. We all have to come to grips with the meaningless of this violence all around us. I myself have decided to disconnect until the end of the year. No news, no Facebook, focus on my kids, my friends, my life. Um, I, have, I, I have a feeling that all this news and all this social media gives us feeling overload. And that's what I thought we'd hmm. talk about. It's like, I have feeling overload. I get so angry at assholes that misinterpret what I'm saying on Facebook. Yeah. You watch it, Chuck, because yeah, I, I know you're a Facebook <laughs> motherfucker. That's for sure. So is Mike Mark. And then when I was working with these kids on the West Side that do some of the aloe stuff, hmm. and they refer to Facebook as the old folks home. <laughs> I just was like, what? Well, Young people don't go on Facebook. They're on Snapchat. They got There's all these new social media platforms that they're on. Even Snapchat is like yeah, too traditional walmart for them. But it's all of us aging baby boomers just yelling at each right, other. Right. And I'm fucking done with it. Right. You no. can't even say Bruce Springsteen. This is what broke the back of me on Facebook. And I'm talking to, you know, and it, know it seems like you're talking to 5,000 people. You're never talking to 5,000 people. No. It's only the same 50 people that pay attention. I said, you know, because somebody mentioned, you know, the weirdest thing is 
I don't know how, but somebody in New York asked me if I could get them Bruce Springsteen tickets, and I'm such a codependent. I'm like, well, I'll try. And in the end, I always defer to StubHub, and I'm, I'm so codependent and lame. I have bought people StubHub tickets just to say, <laughs> oh, here, I got you I got you into you know Van Halen. Now will you like me? <laughs> and now will you like me? Isn't that <laughs> pathetic? 56 years old, I still want to be liked by people Aww. I know from high school. So... <laughs> <laughs> so anyways i you know and i just it was you know every every seat is sold out in five seconds or whatever then i went on StubHub just to check i wasn't gonna buy them i knew they'd be like 500 bucks five thousand dollars a ticket hmm. and i just i just was like oh this guy wants us to believe he's woody guthrie and every man <laughs> and he's selling tickets for five thousand dollars right because the Clash, the band I have tattooed on my fucking arm that really matters, the last band that really mattered, they knew that people were going to scalp their tickets. So you know what they did? They said, we're playing 23 days and nights at the Bond International in New York City, right when This Is Radio Clash came out, right? They're one of their greatest songs. And they said, and, and you have to line up and p just pay to get in. No fucking tickets. Right, and that caused riots. And the, do you remember that? Or are you too young? Mike's old enough to remember. Mike, you got a microphone in there? Yes, I do. Remember the Clash played twenty three shows in a row, and you had to line up to go to see them. Yes, I do. It was fucking badass. Why didn't Bruce Springsteen do that? Because he wants to play for that Skorkin kid who upped the AIDS money. That's who bought tickets. Remember the the yeah, the, I do. what he find? He's going. He's out on. He was out on bail, and he was gonna go. You know what I mean? These equity fund people, that's who's going to see every man sing songs about the people. Well, that's what, that's what rich people do. They go to watch the every man. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that what you and your folk, your ilk do, Chuck? Yeah, you know us rich people. We, just, we <laughs> like looking down our nose at the every man, and we're willing to pay tens of thousands of dollars to do it. Do they look down on it, or do they think that they are it? Because, uh. you know... See, and everybody mistook your post as some kind of dislike for his music. No, like, I didn't. Like I that, love Bruce know? Springsteen. They, even, they, even they misconstrue everything because somebody said, yeah, his music sucks too. You did. Mike <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah, but there was one guy that went crazy posting words a, to yeah, every song every and song. videos. And then Tony Reflex, I like... <laughs> Like Tony is Tony adolescence. Tony is one of the best. <laughs> Him, his comments when he pops in is always funny. He pops in on uh, Otis Beard. He pops in on Paul Rossler, and he pops in on you. And, and it's just always great conversations. Yeah, but it's just like people attacking me. Like you just and this one woman. This is what did it. And I don't know who she is, and I don't want to know. She said you have been i said i don't need to be insulted i'm just making a statement and an opinion and you're personally attacking me and she said you personally attacked one million bruce springsteen fans i was like how the mm. hell i didn't all i said was he's playing for a bunch of elite motherfuckers he's a phony and, and you can go from being a genuine authentic badass motherfucker to a phony yeah, it doesn't can. mean that because the night isn't a great song. Well, Nebraska is a great album, Mike. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but it's a pretty great no, album. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. You're talking about the Patti Smith version, of course. Yeah, that's the only version <laughs> there is, isn't there? Is Bruce did Bruce Springsteen ever sing because the night? It's not an album. It's been done. I think Ten Thousand Maniacs did it too. But it's not a Bruce Springsteen song on an album. I don't think so. No. Anyway, so. I just was done. And then I remembered what those kids said like three weeks ago at this meeting about about social media and, and commercials. And See, people aren't running television commercials anymore. They run them on social media, right? So I had this meeting, and they, they, they were making a comment about how active I am on Facebook, and they called it the old folks' home. Mm. That and hurt, huh? It's like it hurt me. <laughs> I run an old. I'm hip. I'm cool. I know. No, I no. want to be on the hip, cool thing. I don't but know. But then I started to realize, and I looked at. I went. I, you know, since that meeting, I just started looking at. It's the same fifty people that I know. We should get together once a month and have a barbecue and fuck Facebook, right? Well, you know, all, the, all of my like, like my thirteen year old is 
just Instagram. That's it. Instagram and Snap Snapchat. That's what they're. That's what. They're and on. Snapchat, I'm not really sure. It just disappears after Snapchat, a while. Snapchat. Everybody's busy doing their own little television shows. They're doing like minute and a half commercials for everything. Well, or that's what we're doing. Little shows. Do. They're doing little well, shows. That's and, the point of what these and, kids were trying to tell me to do, which is promote treatment, promote you know the things I believe in. You know, here's an interesting thing I got asked at the same meeting: What drug screen? Because because we're trapped in the rehab world. Well, Mike's not, but we are. You and I are. Right. Parents I am have, now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you work for a rehab now. Parents want to know how they can drug test their like 14-year-olds. And I don't trust those cups that you buy at Thrifties. I think they test positive way too easily. They do give false positives. We do a lot of double dipping. We'll do a second test or I know, do a second cup. But for a cup. parent at home, lots of kids <clears throat> are being crucified, Mike. Just so you know, because these cups that you buy for twenty nineteen ninety nine at Thrifties are so cheap and made in you know in the, in the far east country, and and they give false positives constantly. So these poor kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, ask me for one, and I'll get one. I'll ask Warren to give you one, and we'll give you one that has no, some but, quality. But the idea of like how to promote a brand of home tests that you can trust, I don't even know if there is one. No, even, even with the ones, that's why we send stuff out to the labs sometimes. If it comes up positive and the client denies it, then we send it out to a lab. Or when we're running numbers because they test positive. Yeah, but parents don't know how to send right, it out no, to a lab. They, you know that you need a doctor's order to have, to have a lab test? So, so I had this client that I was testing once a week, and this is what I figured. No, I was testing twice a week, right? And at LabCorp, right? Okay. So, because, you know, they're living independently and doing fine and whatever, but I just suspected. And I said, listen, I want you to test on Mondays and Thursdays. And if you can use from Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night to stay, to, to, you know, if you can beat that by using for 32 hours <laughs> and stopping, you're, you, you've learned all I have to teach you, master. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? You are the king. They, they, now you you're go, a weekend user. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's my, it. That was my goal for 20 years. So I had it? to have doctors call in for the lab every, twice a week to fucking run a drug sample. Mm. And it was 105 bucks a time. So what we really do, need do is... Do they test for everything? Because You, you can like choose. You like, can uh, choose. Psychedelics? Yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. new thing is all these kids taking this crazy shit. A friend of mine's ne uh, nephew took this drug that he got. He's just a weed-smoking regular high school kid. Took this drug. He's been in psychosis for like two weeks. It's fucking crazy, the drugs that are out there. What was it supposed to be? Was it, a it was supposed to be angel dust, but it wasn't. And then why would you smoke angel dust, Mike? I'm sure Mike's the only one. I never smoked angel dust. You Mike, didn't? did you smoke angel dust? Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Man, that, Good for you. that shit was like horse tranquilizer or some kind of weird thing that came out of Compton, you know? That's and where you, you had to go to get it. And you and what what and did it last a long time? Didn't last two weeks, did it? I, did you just burp in there, Mike? No, no. I didn't. But um, no, I didn't. I don't know. It just made you feel like you didn't have any feet and you were floating around. <laughs> what a great drug! I felt like I didn't have any feet. <laughs> really, you couldn't you feel know, yourself walking. Huge in Santa Ana. Huge. I just, I just like like drugs that make you feel like Disney. Like accentuate the positive. You know what I mean? Heroin always made me feel positive. Like things are gonna turn out all right here. I'm pretty sure. You know, but I never liked hallucinogens, really. I never liked pot. I like alcohol, heroin, and crack. That's not a bad start. That's a good meth start. If you, meth if you give it to me for free. So you know what about <laughs> back in the day when, like, don't you remember this drug called cannabinol? Yeah, I never took that stuff. I oh, just, my so, God. I was, I was just a, I'll have a couple of gin and tonics and watch you guys, Right. But anyways, I just I just think, you know, I've taken to this seriously starting on Thursday. Haven't watched the news. Haven't been on Facebook. Guess what? Everything's fine. The world still exists. People are still going about their day, and you're okay. I find that, like, I, even just little things. I took a day off this last week, and uh, my wife and I ran up to the Santa Monica Pier just for something to do, get out of the house, and I left my phone at home completely by mistake. 
and it was so nice. Yeah, nothing comes it was so in nice and so freeing to not just even though it was just like a day. It was nice for the day to not. I didn't even think. I wonder if someone's trying to get a hold of me. I just let it all alone. It's a very strange, weird thing how we're because I was around when when it became mandatory that you have a phone. I was working in a hospital. And like, not, no, I was working at Map at Music Cares Map, and you had to have a phone so they could get a hold of you at any time if you had to go out some rock star's house to get them to go to rehab, whatever. Right? I remember they told us phones were going to make our lives easier, and here <laughs> it is now. Buddy Arnold can call <clears throat> me at one o'clock in the morning and tell me to go over to this guy's house. Like, you didn't be able to used to do that before cell phones. No, and people used to got, get into treatment, too, between the hours of 9 and 5. Oh. How, did, how did anybody get sober before there were cell phones? I had a friend call me and try, wanted to get into a place. And I said, you know what, it's Sunday. How long? You, he's been using for a few months. And I go, dude, it's Sunday night at 10 o'clock. I'm not going <laughs> to wake people up. I'll talk to them in the morning, and I'll see what I can do. I got him into treatment on Monday. Uh, we got him in a place. But he'd been on the street and he'd been doing a lot of stuff. I, you know, if you're serious about this, you'll get to it. I, man, this over, this 24 hour day thing is, it's crazy. It's exhausting. You can and, only do it for so long. And so that's I'm just I'm trying to streamline my life now. So here's an interesting uh, observation. As you guys know, I couldn't podcast this morning because Chrissy had some thing conference for six hours she had to do, and I had both kids. Right, starting with waking up. When we woke up, I'm in charge of two kids, of which I could barely handle this seven-year-old who can pretty much function on his own, let alone a one-year-old. I decided this morning, fuck it, we're going to Disneyland. I decided that at 6.30 this morning. We were at Disneyland at 8.50, right? Mm. We went to It's a Small World right away. No one there. We went to Mickey Mouse's house in Toontown. We then went and ate. We went and ate. Then we went around looking for something else to do. Either it was, I wanted, you know, Elvis told you when you pulled up, right? Mm -hmm. I said, go on the haunted house. I'll hold Sydney. We'll wait right here. He didn't want to go on the haunted. He didn't want to go on rides by himself. And they're too much for Sid. So we walked around. We left at 12.06. We were home at 1. I was, I was napping with the baby at 1.30. Now, if I was glued to Facebook, that wouldn't have fucking dawned on me because I'd be arguing with four strangers about Bruce Springsteen and the price of his tickets, Mike. Right, and you would have, they would have been stuck in a house all day where he wants to get out and do stuff and she can't. <laughs> so you've got this you know this paradigm that it just doesn't work where you, you the 7-year-old you have to force into independent place so you can hang out with a 1-year-old you did exactly the right thing and I'm glad you weren't plugged in. I'm t- I'm telling you I think that there's a lot of people our age that are missing out on a lot of life just glued to the news which is always the same. If you watch the news it's always the same like you know, Trump did this, and Harvey Weinstein did that. Trump did this, and Harvey Weinstein did that. Hey, this shooter shot from this window. That window right there, we're going to report live from that window. For four or five days, the same news all day long, and we sit glued to it like they're going to tell us something more, right? Mm-hmm. And then something else happens. A fire. People died in a fire. Here's this. Here's that. Yeah. And it's all tragedy, and it just wears away on your soul. It, it does. If it, if it doesn't jade you, it at least gets you less emotional about things that should be emotional, which is, that's a bummer. But I, I, you know, if I knew somebody that died in the thing, that'd be even a bigger deal. You know, if it was someone that it was in my family or something, be even a bigger deal. But I think also, isn't, you know, we, went, we jumped right over the Las Vegas thing. Don't you think they really want to shut that off? Because it's kind of like a Disneyland for adults. Where they just oh, don't, they want, don't want they don't yeah, yeah maybe I mean, the they, city they, they wants to They put a kibosh on that as quickly as they could, wouldn't you think? Well, you know, they just, were also the ones driving it though, the mayor and everybody in the city council and. Well, the, pray for Sin City was one of the funniest things I ever heard. <laughs> you know, I'm mean, sorry, but pray for Sin City. Come well, on, what man. was sad was, though a lot of the victims came from out of state, most mm. of the victims were Los Angeles, Las Vegas residents. That's, you know, that took a toll on that community. Here's an interesting thing that the therapist brought up. 
Um, or then another friend of mine, the guy that lives out there said, there was friends that went to it that didn't get shot, that ran up, you know, to the Flamingo or whatever. You know, the hotel that's right behind there is Hooters. I hate to say it. I lived in Las Vegas for three mm. years. So if you ran out the bottom, which is the furthest away from the shooter, down that street, you'd go right into the parking lot of Hooters. Hooters saved everybody, right? <laughs> Hooters so, save a lot of people. <laughs> so here's the thing about it. They asked themselves, like at three o'clock in the morning, are we supposed to go to work tomorrow? <laughs> Meaning we just almost got killed. It's three o'clock in the morning. We're just getting home. This has been the most horrendous, scary fucking thing of our lives. Are we just supposed to go to work tomorrow? Isn't that, I mean, those are the kind of, I'm more interested in the survivors than the, than the victims. The victims are gone to heaven or hell or wherever they went. But the survivors are the ones that need us to love them or understand them or, or, or give them time off from work or not too much time off. There's all these negotiations. You shouldn't sit around just bummed out and anxious about what happened and ruminating over and over and over about, about it. You know what I mean? But you right. can't just go to work on Monday morning like nothing happened. You'd be a sociopath if you did, right? Some people need space to heal and some people need uh, companionship. People, yeah, yeah. You know, and so that, that's, a, that's a one-on-one thing. But and would you go to work the next day? Depend, I think, depends on your job. <laughs> you know, doing, I think I would doing go what to work. I do, How I, fucking weird is that? I, I think I would have gone to work the next morning. Well, I think I have more emotional support at my job than I do just about anywhere else. <laughs> If you enjoy your job and you enjoy the people and you, you know, you're like their confidants and stuff like that, then you go to work and talk to them. I'd just take my wife with me and I'd have everybody there. <laughs> but you know what? I, what, this is a weird thing. This weird little fact stuck out that made me a little bit even, like, made me more angry. If, if you can be more outraged, which I know there's no, that's wrong, but the fact that these are people enjoying music on a Sunday night, that tells me that they're people that are real music fans. That's not a Friday night crowd or a Saturday night crowd. That's a Sunday night, I've got to go to work tomorrow, but you know what? I'm going to go see music and live my life. Yeah. Those are some of my favorite people in the world. It's it, it just, I, I still don't know what I think of it. I think that obviously from the evidence that I've seen, the guy, it didn't matter whether it was a country concert, he was going to do Chicago, Lollapalooza, didn't matter. It didn't seem to have any rhyme or reason based on who he was shooting. It was just that he had the easiest access to killing the most people is what it looks like. Yeah, uh, that's where... Because Now, you now ever, my mind's blown. Been, can, can, does that been, even make sense to you? Does that, I mean, does that... And, even... and here's the question. Is that sane or insane? Everybody's trying to decide, is he insane? What he did proves that he's insane. That's not the act of irrational thinking... That's, I don't know how we judge sane and insane, but anybody that does that is insane. We don't need to debate it. You know what I mean? Oh, what is he bipolar? You know, I was people were texting me, you know, he's on benzos. Does that make you kill people? I said, if it does, we're all in trouble because yeah. there's like 50 million Americans on benzos. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, you know, I wouldn't even bite at that. And I want to label every drug addict, like, you know what I mean? But right. Benzos had nothing to do with it. If you He's could blame Big Pharma man. for it, you would for sure. But here's the thing that came out in the, in the stuff that I read about the Lollapalooza that he was going to try to do. Is, is he couldn't get views of the park, which is right across the street from the hotel he rented, right? What he doesn't know, you ever been to Chicago? There's a lot of fucking trees in parks. You understand? Yeah. You can't, you're not going to have access to shooting a bunch of people because there's a million just, uh, uh, trees that are blocking your view of your victims. There was nothing in Vegas. There was nothing right. between him and that parking lot. Right, but you know, I, I hadn't never thought of that before. I was just talking to Noodles the other day. We went to go see his band. Uh, they played at that new place out in Irvine. The, they're supposed to replace the Verizon Amphitheater. It's a temporary what? theater out there in, in Irvine. And a noodles band played out there last weekend, and it's we're a, in the same spot. No, it's a, it's across the street. It's off Bake, and it's way up inland. But it's it's going to be the, they're building a new outdoor venue in Irvine, and right now they've got this temporary place set up. So you're talking the Offspring played? Yes. Okay. And who, just, was it a K Rock? Was it a K Rock thing? Uh, it was for Jack FM, but it was the first time. I, the reason I even bring it up is this is the first time where. 
I've gone to a show and I've looked to see what's around to see if there's any high vantage oh, points yeah, or if there's yeah, anything no, like yeah. that. I didn't even know that I was doing it, but I did because this is how that stuff slips into our brain and makes us miserable because I watched that no, I think over that's and over smart. and over I've been, again. I've been doing that since 9-11, I hate to tell you. Oh, I, man, you're, was, you're a little late to the prom there, Chuck. So uh, I'll show you something I want to show you. When we were, everybody was, if you remember, everybody was giving me shit for taking my kids to Paris. Like there's Muslims going to kill them you know, on Facebook, right? <laughs> so You have to refuse terrorism. You just have yeah, to refuse no, to but, be terrorized. But you don't have to be lying. stupid and not know how to get out. So I want to show Chuck. So here's where we were hanging out most of the time. You see this? You see this? This is a tent, right? This is like a hangout area, right? Right there, right behind that box right there, mm -hmm. I, me and... A friend of mine who was there playing noticed Nobody that you could pull see your phone, your picture. No, it, we could, you could pull that that thing up and run, because if they came in the the Chili Peppers like area, there was no way out. That was the only way in, the only way out, except for right there. So you had like I always fucking like, know like how to get out. Pants, I always know how to get out. I have since nine eleven. How about you, Mike? Well, are you pointing to some picture or something? Yeah, on yeah, your phone? I'm, I'm pointing. I'm showing Chuck. Really goofy, but no. Listen, like, like my whole thing is when I first learned how to drive, the one thing I always remembered was the escape route. You know, like when you're driving, they tell you, "Hey, you know what? Always look around." In case somebody slams or breaks. Yeah, it's called defensive it. driving. Yeah, it's defensive. So driving. now we got to do defensive living, Chuck. Defensive yeah. uh, concert going. <laughs> I don't know, whatever, mall going. You always kind of look for escape and make sure that, you know, you're not... This is just blowing Chuck's place. mind. I don't think Chuck has thought about it until Vegas. Well, no, I never thought about being shot. I mean, I'd seen the stuff, of course, with Eagles of Death Metal. I watched that uh, movie that was that was really well done um, about the shooting in, at the... Baclavon, yeah, well, just in whatever. Paris, yeah. yeah, well, that that was that was a, a really well done movie, but I mean, that's a totally different. I, I understand escape routes, uh, escape routes, and I understand hand to hand com combat and playing dead and putting bodies over you and all that stuff. I, you I've understand seen, uh, that way? You're just blow, you're blowing right no, over that. No, I don't understand that. They Vice did articles on it after Paris, and they did another one. There's I can that show instinctually you. people so, knew to put dead bodies over them and play no, dead. So, Listen. Chuck, so Chuck, are you standing next to a really big giant guy going, no. "Wow, well, if this guy gets shot, he's going right over the top of me." <laughs> no, but the, Vice Vice put out emails after all these things. They're saying how, things you need to know, vital in a live shooting situation for people that still go to shows. It's crazy to think that you you got to worry about stuff like that. It's crazy, but you do, and it's it's. Let's just call it. Let's let's name it ourselves. Defensive concert going. <laughs> you need to know where the exits are. You need to know, you know, if they're. Here's the other thing, Foo Fighters, and Queens of Stone Age just played out at uh, Glen Helen. Yeah, Cal Jam, yeah. right? And I remember thinking, I we were out there. Mike and I played out there. There's rolling hills there. Right. It's not like there's no overt hotel buildings high up next door, but there's rolling hills there. That, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You'd have to, it's just going to, it's a weird time right now. So I don't think there's ever going to come out why the guy did it. He's just insane. And I think it was pretty obvious he wanted to have the biggest amount of destruction he could right, right? it was it wasn't like he was picking a certain audience or crowd because he was going to do Lollapalooza and then he chose like to do a, a country concert I think it was just how many people are gathered in one spot and how many he could do at once yeah and that's the frightening thing and then let's so let's get back to our original theme of Facebook and and CNN which is they constantly talk about this is the most people ever shot in the history of mankind Really? More than custard slaughtered the Native Americans? Really? Really more than more than have ever been killed at one time? Well, a single person killing. <laughs> With but, that caveat, But yeah. that is a challenge to the next crazy, stupid motherfucker. Right. No, no. Anytime you say this is a new record, there's some fucking dingus somewhere where that flips a switch and goes, I could beat that. So... So, and then, so follow me through on this narrative. So then comes 
the outrage. We need to do this. We need to do that. Gun control, gun control. How long did that last, Chuck? Five days? And it's out of the news and off of Facebook and on to Harvey Weinstein, right? Right. It's just, it's gone. We need right. to do this. We need to do that. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just crazy how, how unfocused or un, underdeveloped our society is now. You can't have a rational conversation with anybody. Things come and go every 48 hours that people feel so passionately about, and then they just forget. Right? Yep. No, it, it, it did. It came and went. Everybody started up with the, started up with, uh, the arguments uh, for new gun laws, making guns illegal, and then everybody's, the other people going, let's not talk about this right now. We've got to give time to you know, respect and mourn the dead and then move forward. But then 72, 72 hours later, it is gone. And then Harvey Weinstein came. And then, well, it, I, I, you know, why did they choose right now to break that? I mean, that's been going on for the casting well, I mean, couch. I, the idea of the casting couch started in Hollywood, like, what, 100 years ago? We'll get crucified on social media, except for I'm not on social media now, so let's get crucified. <laughs> These people who came forward with, with reports from 20 and 30 years ago are some of the most powerful people in the world. Why did they choose to do it now? When more and more victims were stacking up. There's something about reporting of rape that, that needs to be as mandated as the reporting of murder. Because if somebody's going around raping women, then if a, if a male or a victim know of that and they remain silent, and, there's the, and the, the, this is my ethical argument is, okay, I understand when you're a 22-year-old girl and, and you're just overwhelmed. I have that in my own life. I know what that is. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. I know the rationale behind it. But when you become one of the most powerful women in the world and you still remain silent until some fucking sleazy article in the New York Times comes out, that, that's weird to me. It's, it's ethically weird to me. No, to, to say that you would allow that to happen to other people when you're in a position where it you can't... It happened in 2016. Yeah, One where, of the you can't, where you can't be hurt by someone anymore. Someone like Angelina Jolie. I know she was one of them, right? I'm not naming names. I'm just saying because, you know, you'll get crucified. Well, I'm saying when you're one of the most powerful people in the world and you remain silent for 20 years about a rape and you know this person is perpetrating sexual predatory actions on other young, vulnerable women, what is your culpability in that? And now you want us all to applaud? Well, the, cul the culpability in that is that sometimes subjects are best uh, addressed in group. But, when you, but, but the argument is about power. The argument is about power. And that he had so much power, and his victims have no, much, no power or not much power. When you have equal or more power than him, you need to fucking use it to stop him from continuing to do this to young, vulnerable women. It, that's, the, that's the only ethical argument. But they didn't. Do you understand? Stop looking at your phone. Are you checking Facebook? Chuck's checking Facebook while we're talking about the most intense shit. I'm sending you an email. <laughs> I'm sending Bob an email. He's sending me an email. Get off the Facebooks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here's, here's the idea. In the recovery world, we're supposed to accept everything right i don't accept murder i don't accept rape i don't accept racism i don't accept homophobia and i've never understood that and i thought chuck could maybe explain it i don't accept it <laughs> because acceptance isn't approval acceptance isn't approval that's like saying i don't believe in murder that's just that's a silly statement because it exists so not believing in it doesn't make it go away So we're gonna hear what jack has to say about it Okay, call, call Jack up. <laughs> call Jack, because I want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Acceptance, I'm going to look up the word acceptance, what it means, because I don't accept any of this. It's been a real problem of mine in the 12-step world. Acceptance is the action of consenting to receive or undertake something offered, the action of process or process of being received as adequate or suitable, typical to be admitted into a group. You are accepted into a group. The, the, the word acceptance is the key to all my problems. Has no, it has no meaning. 
And and 12-step people bring meaning to it. You don't accept racism. You don't accept race. Uh, sentence is acceptance of the things we cannot change. That's it. Okay, so so yeah, acceptance is the key to all my problems today, right? That comes from the big book of twelve step world. Except that comes out of Doctor uh, Doctor Addict Alcoholic. It's yeah. now called acceptance is the key. So accepting everything, whether it just or unjust, 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 right? You would just accept it. And then somehow that brings you wholeness. That's a fucking lie. I don't accept a lot of I things. I might agree with you on that one. Well, let's see. Chuck's a little puzzled here. He's, he's staring off, Mike. I wish you could see it. He's staring off trying to gather his 12-step no, no, thoughts. Be, no, how, how can I argue with what you think something is? I refuse to do that. I won't, ref, I won't argue what you think something You're is. refusing to accept the... the I, no, wow, technology. you're refusing to accept... <laughs> No, oh, uh, no, no. I, I hear you. And I respect the fact that that's the definition that's there. But where I've used it is as a tool, not as a, not a matter of semantics, not what the word actually means, but the fact that it wasn't fair. This is where it comes in is with a lot of new people. This isn't fair. Is acceptance of all things Buddhism, is that what it is? Does it come from Yeah, just what, it, what, just what is, is... is the Buddhism, there just is what is, and life is suffering. And there, the I two ways that it's referred to in the 12 step world is you're correct. In Dr. Addict Alcoholic, he says, Dr. Paul's acceptance, story, right? acceptance is the key to all of my problems today. If I find some person, place, thing, or situation unacceptable to me, I will find no peace until I resolve or whatever, or accept that person, place, thing, or situation as exactly the way that God wants it. Well, fuck that. I don't believe that. And you can be in the 12-step world and you can be sober 22 years like me and not believe that fucking sentence. That guy was, who is he? Who the fuck is he? It's, his, it's just his opinion. It's his opinion. Right, it's his opinion. It's not, it's not fact. It is the most quoted thing in the 12-step book. More so than any step, more it's not so even than in any... The first, it's not even in the basic text. I know, it's a story. So, But it's the most quoted I think but where that comes, where the idea of accepting stuff is because it's the fight, it's the kickback of the alcoholic, the addict. It's constant. It's constant our whole lives. Then we got to accept some things just are, it's, it's the idea, you know, like it never says we surrender in the, in the first 164 either. It says we ceased fighting everyone and everything. That's the definition of acceptance. We I cease don't believe fighting. that either. You, you, you fight Nazis. You no, fight that, injustice. It, it has nothing to... Okay, you've taken something that is meant to be for It's someone. about life on life's terms. You're supposed to integrate these ideas into your life and go live them. If they're false or bullshit ideas, you're living, you're living a fucking fraud. Wow. I'm sorry. Well, no. No, because this is, I just had this situation happen at work where this, this girl I work with says, well, you know what? My problem is that I have expectations of this other worker. And, I, and she goes, and that's not, I go, well, wait a second. You're supposed to have expectations of people you work with. There's they acceptable norms. There are There's acceptable, yeah, that this is their job. This is their job description. And I expect them to do that. And if not, then they're not doing their job. So to not have expectations is that whole Dr. Paul story is bullshit when it comes to work. And I told her, separate work from your spiritual program. He's really program. talking about his wife and he's what an asshole he treats his wife. He's talking about how he's always miserable because people aren't doing what they want him to do. Mostly his wife. If you Mostly read it in Max, the context, yes, his wife, Max. Right? Yeah. That she's too skinny, which I find crazy. Like, I don't know... You know, do you know the, the story? Maybe her He's bones saying, hurt his yeah, bones. She, yeah, she's a skinny, bony woman who never does the dishes they or like something. They like them big in the 50s, man. <laughs> well, well fed. They do again. Butts are big. I like to bring this stuff up because I think it's really important. I, I personally think the 12-step world is going to die. I think it will be replaced by medically managed care. Unless the 12-step world starts to accept criticism. You know it, it doesn't Wait. because it acts like a religion. As long as it's one alcoholic helping another alcoholic, that will it's always never exist. Gonna die. That it's can never exist gonna without twelve step world. That exists all the time. That exists. That's called compassion. That's called empathy and and sympathy. And human beings have the capacity to do that at 
all the time. I'm, I'm saying that tens of thousands of courts, rehab centers, um, psychiatrists, psychologists, emergency rooms are sending people to an, un, an anonymous, uh, disorganized, uncentral organization to get help for a deadly disease. And that system is, some of it is very outdated. Some of it is very perverted by the narcissists who are within it, right? So when you start quoting, acceptance is the key to all, you know, you just need to accept everything. No, you don't. You need compassion. The person telling the new person or the person in conflict or in frustration or in hurt or in, in pain doesn't need some arrogant asshole to tell them they need to accept that thing. They need empathy, compassion, understanding, love, and tolerance. And those are the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous in the 12-step world. Not acceptance is the key to all of my problems today. Or the other thing that Mike was quoting. What is the one you're quoting, Mike? Acceptance acceptance of the things you cannot change the power, that's also, a prayer written in 1886 which totally makes sense to me in general if people are going to an organization that has a, a poster on the wall that says acceptance is the key is one of the slogans one day at a time 24 hours a day what does acceptance is the key mean you're asking the wrong guy I don't see acceptance as the key. I see think, think, think. I see 12 steps. I see when I go to, used to go to Marina Pacifica, which I don't anymore. Okay, um, so why? Why do you not go to the, to the Alano Clubhouse? Why do you not go to the Costa Mesa NA Clubhouse? Why do you not go to those meetings anymore? Because the same reason you don't like going to Facebook. I don't like getting caught up in nonsense. Okay, so, so, so that's all non- I'm saying. And the nonsense is a lot of people with a lot of time telling people things like what you were just that's saying. That's what I'm saying. Them taking little I'm pieces saying. out of the book and saying their sponsor told them, so they're going to fucking parrot it to the next guy. And they don't even know how unimportant that little kernel is that they plucked and they made it the whole thing. You got to tell them they got to accept the fact that, that their wife is cheating. They don't have to accept the fact they can divorce her. There's a lot of things you can do. There's a lot of control. We're not powerless over everything. That's, that's all I'm saying. And so you've chosen, like I have chosen, to not go anymore. You can say you go, but you don't really go. You go to one meeting where it's mostly your friends that think like you and talk like you. That's a separate group. A, the 12-step world that, that my clients go to, they come back and report what's been said to them. Hmm. And what's been said to them is not supportive, nor loving, nor tolerant. And it's what that you're saying. That is our code. Love well, and then, tolerance then is our we code. Need that's all I'm saying is we need to criticize and, and organize or it's going to die because young people are not going to go to it. You know what I might be guilty of is like a type of white flight. Yes. Where instead there of staying go. in the meetings and trying to fit, change them, I've just found a couple places where I'm really comfortable and where it isn't like that because we don't tell new people what to do. We don't tell them 90, pe- 90 meetings in 90 days. We don't tell them no relationships for a year. We don't tell them what to do with their personal lives. We assist them in taking a step if they choose to take one. That's the way it was taught to me. That's, that's what I'm talking about. So we're on the same page. I'm just bringing it from another angle. You are both on the same page, Bob, and you will agree that there are meetings that are fabulous. That are great. You're, you're great trying to act happen. like now you you now, Mike. You're trying to act like I can't criticize it. I can be <laughs> in it. I can be in it. If somebody doesn't start criticizing it, and people don't start seeing that criticism as not angry, or or attacky, or or un un AA ish, AA will die. You watch me. It will die within 20 or 25 years because no people will join the AA that both Chuck and I have left. Right. We've left it. You understand this as well as me that each group is autonomous. And if the group is run by a bunch of uh, assholes, 
then it's going to be a group of assholes but you, agreeing but, with each other. But you if it's run by a bunch of loving people, which there are plenty but of But the people those coming in don't have the ability to decide. It's just an organization. The courts mandate that they go to it. The rehab center and the sober living mandate that they go. They don't know enough about it to know. They go, they get, they get, you know, they, they get this in-their-face stuff and they say, I don't want it. And they throw the baby out with the bathwater and they're not going to go. And I believe some of them are dying because of it because it is not loving and it is not tolerant. And the people who, who are loving and tolerant, I, I am loving and tolerant. I just can't stand being in it anymore because of the people who are in it. And that is white flight. That is that I, I, I'll just be in my own little world. I'll go to my Thursday night meeting. I did this. When I had eight years sobriety. No, it's true. It's true. And most of my friends feel the same way. You know what? I heard something uh, sick the other day. Because I tell, I, tell, I tell people who ask. Because I don't give unsolicited advice. Because I find that uh, preachy. And I, I didn't want preachy when I came in. I didn't, anybody who's preachy, they might as well ask me to leave the room. So when people ask... They go, you know, what do you think about this? And, and they go, yeah, well, someone told me that if I don't like a meeting, I should go back until I figure out why I don't like it. And I said, what the, what the fuck is that? If you don't like it, whether it's the way the people look, the way the people talk, a feeling you got when you entered the room, if you weren't comfortable there, if you didn't feel it was a place where you could be yourself, where you it, it, then get out because it should be a place that's, that they should be showing an open affection for people. I think, I think it just made me sad. I realized that people like myself, handful of my friends, my partners, um, we don't go anymore. That's honest. We don't go because of those people that you described. And that's sad because then the newcomers only get them. Well, yeah, the Alano Club heroes that beat their chest because they're always there. And we'll close with, this fucking podcast sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm so fucking depressed. No, no, no. All that aside, I'm in AA. I don't care who thinks I'm not or doesn't like me being in it or, or <laughs> I don't care. I'm in it because the, the principles that it taught me are the principles I live with and raise my children with and how I treat my neighbors and that it's a part of me. You can't go to something for 20 years and have it not be a part of you, right? But I was mm -hmm. able to not become one of those assholes, right? But still, I'm, there's a part of me that is those old assholes. So I, a lot of times, I, I'm an eBay addict, I'll tell you. So I'm scrolling down eBay last night at 3 o'clock in the morning because I went to sleep at 12, I woke up at 3, and I couldn't get back to sleep, so I'm on eBay, right? And there was this gold-plated 1950s 25-year sober medallion, right? For 150 bucks. And I figured the gold alone is worth 150 bucks. So, so I was trying to decide whether it was okay for me to buy, though I only have 22 years, and where, or should I hold it for three years? Then I argued within myself, like, fuck that. I don't have to wait. <laughs> I should buy it, wear the 25, explain that I don't have 25 yet, but I'm hoping I do. And but I'm, I know I will I'm if I keep doing what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, I'm planning I I will, yeah. on it, and it was on eBay, and, it was, and it's cool. It's like 1950s cool, like something my dad would have, Right. Then I didn't buy it because I thought those people that we're talking about would say, Do you hear about Forrest? He got himself a 25-year medallion when he's only got 22 years. <laughs> you know, no, no, it's funny is I had a I had a four-year chip on my first key that I got when I had about 30 days because a friend of mine gave me a, as, as a hope chip. Hope chip, yeah. So to have a 25-year hope chip, the fact that we have to have that inner dialogue at all means that there's people out there Something really that, wrong. That are, that are sideways, and th and you know that's that's okay. I I, I, I got, should buy that medallion. You agree? I don't have. I, you know, I, wouldn't it be cool if I always wore like an A medallion when people think I'm not buy in that it? thing, man? Put it on a big gold chain, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just roll that. You know, shit. and then there's people that that say, "Oh yeah, he's wearing a pride chip." <laughs> because you can see it and I go well you know what's the difference I mean and when somebody sees it hanging from your neck and they say something just go I'm looking for a 30 year one next yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but 
But it's something weird, like, because most of the people that wear those 20 and 25-year ones are really lame people. I thought maybe some cool people should wear them. Well, I really liked, I really liked chips. I, when I got sober, so after you get your first year, there's nothing, right? Then Hoy tells me, N.A. has an 18-month keychain. And I'm like, I started going to N.A. so that I wouldn't look like I just showed up to get the keychain. <laughs> yeah. And I got the dopest black 18 months. Have you seen the 18 months no. keychain? Uh, Mike, do you know about it? Is it black and gold? It's black and gold dope. <laughs> the dopest keychain in the 12-step world. So I always tell people, yeah, you need to get that 18-month ship at N.A. That's, that's when you're home free. You're not yeah. home free at a year. It was right before my 20 year came went. I was like a month before getting my 20 years. And I said, oh, I'll have 20 years in a month. And someone says, oh, be careful with that. You don't want to be collecting. Say that. And I go, what are you talking about? At this point, if you think that I don't have an idea of what's going on, that I don't know me well enough to know when I'm, come on now. Well, it's so weird because I have seen people go out at 20 years. I've seen people go out at 14 years. I've seen them go out at, at one day, one year, 10 years. 25 years all sorts of things but you know i i think i i know i know what you're saying it's, it's just it's a like weird what, thing it's right? one of the first things i heard you say that really struck home and that was that getting sober um it's been a journey of getting to know who you are since you got sober because we have an idea of who we are but we really don't know okay so here's here's what i think i think there are some things about me that are just uh, and they're just embedded in me that no amount of work is going to get them out of me, right? You can't change an extrovert into an introvert with the 12 steps, right? You just can't. Well, why would you? But the idea that you're supposed to change everything. <laughs> no, you need to learn yeah. about the things that you do that negatively affect you. Now, here's a strange thing. Some of the n things that I do that they negative affect me in some ways... And then they positively affect me in other ways. Then you're fucked. You know what I mean? Like being an opinionated asshole doesn't work so well being a husband and a father. But it works really well having a podcast and, and uh, you know, being a rehab spokesperson, right? Because people like controversy. Are you, saying that that, are you saying that you're an asshole? Because I don't think you're an asshole. Sometimes I am. Sometimes on this podcast I was. I'm trying to make a point that I think, you know, I can accept criticism. I don't know why the 12-step world can't. You know, we love to criticize rehab centers, right? We love oh, to criticize all, all day. politicians, all day. rehab centers, baseball players. We, that's all we do is criticize, criticize, criticize. When it comes to 12-step world, don't you dare. It's a sacred cow. Don't it you is, it, dare. It is a sacred cow. It's like criticizing Jesus or something. Well, you, you know. got off of Facebook because of the criticism on Facebook. Just yeah, with, over Bruce Springsteen. But I, but I was, I was, I was just too obsessed. Well, I, I don't know if the two of you are. I'd get up in the morning and look right away at like all the comments from last night's blast <laughs> that I did, and it just starts your day with a bunch of negative yeah. opinions. I had, I had to step away from that and practice. Look at, I deleted it off my phone. Mike, you're a guy that argues with a lot of people on Facebook, I gotta say. Uh, I just go ahead and tell them to fuck off. I don't, <laughs> really? I don't even care, man. I mean, you can be an asshole, kind of a lovable asshole. I think. Yeah. I got this new Trump game on my phone. Have you seen this? <laughs> no. Where it's all the cabinet members, and it's a great wall of America with Trump, and you just try to stack up the faces. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Because something to do. So Facebook has re been replaced by, uh, let me tell you, people at home, you should download the app, make America, make the wall great again. Great Wall of America with Donald Trump, and it's got it's got uh, Ken, uh, Kellyanne Conway, Kellyanne Conway, and. Governor Christie's face and and all of them, and you just you try, try to, to do? You, you try to stack, stack up, up as many as you can. I've stacked up ten, and then right. the eleventh one fell out. But um, love y'all. I just I'm just trying to give my two cents worth. Hope it, hope it's all right. Goodbye. <laughs> bye bye. Till next time. Hey, 
Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake, 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.